0: Kanbawa, Hi, everybody. I am Jack. I just wanted to take a minute to introduce Terraced Out. So Terraced Out is a podcast about a show about six strangers living together and we observe how they interact. All that they've prepared is a beautiful home and automobiles. And all that we've prepared is a couple of microphones, opinionated friends, and an hour of our time. There's absolutely no script at all. We are watching and reviewing and we absolutely hope you love the show. Follow along and enjoy.
1: I'm Michelle
2: and I'm Caitlin
1: and we are ready to get terraced out mm-hmm. number 12 end of part
2: one I know we made it through that's crazy I didn't realize until I started this episode I was like oh, it's end of part one
1: I know I was like I think we're getting close
2: yeah because
1: like I felt like part one was like a milestone in a way where I'm just like there are certain achievements now that we're mm-hmm. done with part lo- one that we're going to unlock uh, now that our patreon is done and like i feel like everything is now unlocked it's like, like a, level one it's like level it. one it's like level one boss
2: <laughs>
1: it's literally like a video game which is very apropos yeah so funny it's like what if we made like this could be our terrace house video game like after each part you unlock a new boss I know what would it be though like the first time we'd have to think about that just be like what would the first boss and the second
2: boss and third? we get some cool stuff yeah and it slowly gets better and better yeah
1: and there'd be incidents
2: you know just like the bosses get bigger and bigger Mm
1: -hmm. yeah exactly okay so we're gonna go into what happened last week in episode 11 which was broccoli pasta carbonara style (laughs) that's the title (laughs) where ruka shared his dream of appearing in a marvel movie and the housemates questioned how serious he was about pursuing his dream into reality based on his actions and attitudes in the house Corey said quote without challenges we can't grow we'll never achieve a success that way any success that way it'll never be that easy risico gave ruka some tough love in the playroom telling him you said you wanted to become an admirable person kakkoi person so it makes me wonder why you put up with them treating you like a child if you don't like it then i feel like there are things you can do to change that dynamic to which ruka responded i'm not sure i follow mr kojima the wise terrace house staple carpenter man gave him gave ruka some excellent advice shortly thereafter saying as long as you're not married i think it's fine to give yourself some time try all sorts of things you can't learn or move forward unless you keep trying and make mistakes as Yamachan says, we thought this would be an opportunity for Ruka to strive and grow, but we didn't realize the level at which he was starting from. Like the starting point was very, like, a lot further back than we had originally yeah. expected. So he surprised us with his lack of basic survival skills, is a direct quote. Dun dun dun. The infamous broccoli pasta, which Tori chan rightly states was a shocker for everyone. I feel like that's the understatement of the century but okay yeah. <laughs> it's a sho- shocker it's like I feel like there needs to be more sh- of a shocking element than just
2: shocker like you <laughs> the to raise the box. I'm like maybe he just yeah. threw away all the pasta I'm like what could be worse scenarios
1: <laughs> I mean for real and then Tokui-san says it's it's like redecorating a house when you're moving the next day which I thought was like a very great analogy that
2: analogy was so perfect
1: I thought it was so perfect I was like I I've also done that before, where I've put up like all my artwork like a month before moving. Oh, uh,
2: yep. Ah! I have. Where yep. I'm just like, I just need my apartment to look nice. I moved a lot last year, so I'm definitely guilty. Where I'm like, ah, or like I start to reorganize, order things. And yeah, I'm like, it doesn't matter at this point.
1: Exactly. I'm just like, <laughs> I'm gonna have to put them in a box anyway. Like, what the yeah, hell am exactly. I doing? Yeah, exactly. I'm like, it doesn't matter. That's yeah. just so ridiculous. Anyway, oh, he didn't eat the entire meal. Ruka did eat the entire meal, uh, even though it was flavorless. And in the end, Ruka muttered, Is it a failure if there is no flavor? (laughs) Which the panelists wonder if Ruka became a philosopher overnight. And Yamachan goes, We are not alive. We are given life by the powers that be. (laughs) And then Tokui-san says, It's cocky of us to expect a dish to have flavor. <laughs> and then that kind of made me think like that's actually a very good discussion topic for like another time, which I think mm-hmm. it could be a good like mini episode where yes, we us. could discuss like, you know, because it's true, like especially in a especially I felt like that hit different like when we're in a pandemic right now where yeah. you know, we don't have access to food and and like this is something my mom and I have had words about. Where I've ordered food for us and then, you know, it goes through this whole whole process of ordering Postmates and getting it delivered Mm -hmm. and then having to, you know, wipe it down and then unbox it and put it on a plate so she can eat it and then, Mm -hmm. you know, for her to be like, Oh, I don't know, it's a little too sour or like, you know, and I'm just like Well, sometimes it's not about how it tastes, it's about that it can feed you and sustain you and you're not starving. (laughs)
2: Like, you know? Yeah, exactly. It's like anything we'll do at this point. If it's blend rice or a piece of bread <laughs> Exactly And it just made me
1: think of this This concept of like The like culture And like how we approach food And finishing food And wastefulness And mm-hmm. Because I have also saw this thing On TikTok about like uh, Asian check, And it said something And one of the things Was like You never leave Food behind, and mm-hmm. I was that's something that I know is a very big part of Japanese culture. I think, especially with countries too that have experienced war in a hard way mm-hmm. where they've experienced rations and mm-hmm. having inaccessibility to food and actually luxury items.
2: A lot of European yeah. cultures are like that as well. For the
1: Holocaust, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they understand when... So I feel like this is something that I had a conversation with with someone recently when we were talking about when we realized that this was bigger than what it actually was. Mm-hmm. And it was a little bit before everyone else did. But the person I was speaking to said, like oh, I realized it was bad when I noticed that the bulk item beans were gone. Mm -hmm. And he was like, because that's not something normally people like that gets sold out quickly, but that was sold out compared to everything else. And that made me think, hmm, that's weird. And I said something similar. I started noticing that bars of chocolate and like canned tomato, like canned like sauce and like, you know, like pasta and things like that started disappearing. And then, like when I saw the bars of chocolate selling out, that's when I knew because mm-hmm. I feel like anyone who has heavy w- uh, WW two I was gonna say World War two iconography in their mind, specifically Japanese iconography, since this is a Japanese show, I'll speak to that where there's lots of heavy heavy imagery of soldiers handing kids chocolate bars which i think is also very big in the in european and also holocaust stuff but that was one thing that i remember very strongly that my grandpa told my my parents and my mom and like my mom passed on to me was that like when the soldiers would come around and give people chocolate because that's a luxury item like Mm -hmm. eggs sugar flour like flour and yeast also when that started disappearing is also a little bit of a tip-off but Mm -hmm. like eggs flour yeast rice like things that last long that don't go bad really easily or Mm -hmm. things that are like you know very luxury high-priced like that do go perish quickly like eggs or like things like that those were very because I remember like when you if you watch also a lot of like historical stuff you'll see or read a lot of historical stuff since we're book people like in Downton Abbey like in war like you know like when they get like chocolate or like a cake like that's special like you don't get that all the time it's like that kind of it just I don't know it was just really interesting side note.
2: Yeah, because chocolate, you know, it's more of a luxury item. It's not, you know, necessarily a necessity. It is.
1: And it does... It changes your mood, too. Like, Mm -hmm. it's just one tiny block can, like, make everything better, which is, like, kind of insane, especially in a time like this. Mm -hmm. So it's a cheap vice, I think, as well. Well, for now, but, like, I have all my chocolate bars that I bought and, like, I haven't bit into any of them. Like, they're all stored for the future (laughs) when it gets really dire. Mm -hmm. The panel discusses how it is truly a blessing that he is in the house so that he can absorb and grow with an open mind, they all agree to be supportive of him and his journey to come. Yamachan comes in hot with the don't forget that we must discuss how Kenny is shallow and not to be trusted. I mean, he said it, not me. (laughs) We discovered Kenny is constantly driven by what his fans think of him. Kaori is on to him about that, is what Yamachan says. But he doesn't think that he's been outed. He sees it as a compliment. That, I'm glad you noticed. Let me teach you my ways since you seem to respect my work so fondly, is how Yamachan framed it. And they all said how hellish for her. Because she said that she thinks is actually kind of like of poor taste Mm -hmm. to only create what you think people want from you because that doesn't really show your own creativity or talent that just shows that you know how to please people and that you're a people pleaser and Mm -hmm. all you care about is the fame not your art or your talent Risiko initiates a conversation to go on another date with Kenny to which he proposes they go somewhere they need to get dressed up to go to this time this is Kenny's last chance as Risiko said last week that if Kenny doesn't start to make money moves she is out because she is not going to wait around for him and kenny is not aware of that part but yeah he needs to get his shiz together and here we are we are we are we are here and and the greatest part about you know us starting this episode talking about how kenny is so obsessed and constantly driven by what his fans think of him the biggest like one of the big dramas this episode which thankfully is very light on the like you know triangle thing which i think like that was the framing with which kenny tried to bring into this episode he was still trying to bring in this like love triangle aspect to Mm -hmm. it but like no one actually gave two craps about that love triangle <laughs> anymore.
0: Yeah. Which was
1: nice. Like the focus of this episode was the slow burning love, the internal house drama and the yummy food. So like yeah. that's what I want.
2: Like In a nice mix.
1: <laughs> yeah, I want some low key, slow burning, like exciting like love that's real and then I want like yummy food and I want people to talk about food and like eat food while they're talking. Like that's yeah. that's all I care about. Like that's all <laughs> I just want my eyes to be fed. Anyway, <laughs> so Kenny, the ever, ever obsessive of his fans and how he's, you know, like coming across on to his fans and, and, you know, he, he wears his, his, his band's shirts all the time, which the panel has all noticed. So it doesn't come as a huge surprise that Kenny has been spending some time On the online Terrace House message boards, reading what fans have to say of this season so far. No surprise at all. (laughs) I mean, first of all, this is like, first, this is so stupid. Like, who does, like, this is why most reality shows don't have access to social media when they're on a
2: reality show and why most celebrities choose to not like most celebrities choose to not look at stuff like this like i mean he's still on
1: the show like he's on the show like normally people will read it after but like on the show like he's on it like this show isn't supposed to be influenced by the fans Okay, Mm -hmm. like this is one of the number one taboos next to on Terrace House next to coming here for the wrong reasons and like Mm -hmm. coming here for self promotion. And I feel like the reason why, like, coming here for self promotion is like the hugest taboo, which Kenny has crossed obviously, is because of crap like this. (laughs) Like, this is manufactured drama, like, this is BS, like, Mm -hmm. this is like on The Bachelor or like The Hills. When like the producers are feeding drama, you know. I don't need that. I can get that on Vanderpump Rules. I don't need that on Terrace House. This episode has solidified like why I despise Kenny. Like I just I had a really hard time like watching any of his scenes. Yeah. This week. I agree. It was really hard. Like when you <laughs> When you were doing the Reese Kenny stuff later, I was like, I could kiss you because I really didn't want to recap that part of this episode. (laughs) I was like, I hate him. (laughs) Like, I want to punch him in the face. I wouldn't,
2: but like... But frustrating.
1: Just like looking at him, I don't know. He's just so frustrating. Like... I don't know this. I think it was this part where he's like trolling subreddits like Terrace House subreddits online and then bringing that drama to the house
2: when it would it didn't concern him. Really. Exactly. It didn't concern him at all. Like the love triangle thing had, had is passed like this. This whole Instagram drama didn't just concern him.
1: Exactly. And then when you see how it gets resolved, where it, like, literally is, like, one conversation that lasted for two minutes, and then it's done. Done. And, like, this is how – this is how much – it really showed me, like, it's a really great representation, I feel like, to everyone to frame this in, like, a way – like, you could replace Kenny, Risiko, and Haruka with anyone, and this is how, like – social media gets out of hand very quickly. Like I felt like this is a very good like example of like how anything happens, but we get to see it very obviously because it happens very quickly Uh and like a very truncated amount of time and it has nothing to do with anybody. So people, and now we're all home and we're in quarantine and we're all on social media. (laughs) So I feel like this kind of communication is like, I feel like we read into social media maybe a little bit more than it should be for some people when, when it's your job, I feel like it's hard not to read into it because it's your job. So it's like, you know, when you're at your workplace and you see social media differently. Yeah. Because it's like when you're at your workplace and there's work drama and like some, you know, like for, let's use the names of the office characters. Like for example, if Jim was to eat Dwight's yogurt, right? Like there would be drama. And then they would fight about it.
2: Or sends reply all on an email. Yeah, exactly. It's basically
1: like that, but like in social media. So it it sounds like silly to most people, Mm -hmm. but I feel like if that's your job, like you can see where this could go wrong. And like, I feel like a lot of people have an unhealthy relationship with social media. So I feel like when you do work in social media, you see this a lot because I don't know if it's like we have a, we just, we are just there more. (laughs) It's Mm -hmm. not that our relationships are healthier with social media. It's just we're there more. So we've experienced it a lot and we're just well versed in it. But basically what happened was while browsing these subreddits, threads, um, message boards, Kenny comes across some... Dis- he was he was basically trying to troll... He kind of tries to slide under the bus that he was... Under the carpet that he was, like, on there trolling for, like, validation from his, like, quote-unquote fans mm-hmm. to see how he's, like, coming across on camera. Like, that's, like, a complete separate discussion that should be had at a separate <laughs> time, which is, like, so sociopathic. Yeah. Like, It's uh, like borderline sociopathic narcissist, but it's insane. And then anyway, like aside from that point, he says he comes across these discussions that apparently Haruka has blocked Haruka and Risiko do not follow each other on Instagram. So apparently haruka like supposedly blocked risiko which lost risiko as a follower to her account and like kenny is like i don't know i think that if this is true and because he goes because kari kind of brings up like well how how are things and he goes i don't know i think that like haruka is creating all the drama is basically what he says and then Corey goes i don't wait what do you mean like how how is she creating all of the drama i don't understand what you're talking about like i there's no drama and and he's like well i don't know like i was on the message boards is
2: what he says like he's basically saying like I have my sources literally
1: like, so Corey's is like what are you talking about Haruka's creating drama I have no idea what you're talking about like what are you basing this off of and he goes well I was on the message boards so he's basically basing this off of like Completely like random people that he doesn't even know. Message boards, basically. Yeah. Like trolls. They're trolls online.
2: You don't know who they are. He's
1: basing it off of like fans and trolls. He's just like, well, they're saying that Haruka is throwing all this drama because she don't doesn't she don't follow Risiko. Like, then you see Corey, she's like, oh, my God, like, I can't believe we're having this conversation right now. (laughs) And then she's just like, kind of like surprised. And she's like, oh, like, I guess like, yeah, you're right. I mean, I guess people on the outside would pay attention to that kind of thing and like, think that it's a lot more than it actually is since they're not on they're not here in the house with us, and plus we're mm-hmm. on like a five week delay, you know, as to like what's going on on the TV, as o- as opposed to what's going on on the show. Yeah. So like at this point, I think what's happening on the screen is that Haruka it's like probably when Haruka and Risa are really fighting right now, and that's probably what's bringing up all this drama like off off screen, which is why mm-hmm. Kenny is like trying to interject it back in and bring the attention on himself. Just disgusting. Anyway, so this becomes, like, this, like, central topic, this episode, and then, kind of, Corey brings it up to Haruka, and then Haruka, kind of, says that she intended to mute Risiko, she says this also later to Shohei, as well, on a different, on the next day, and kind of, like, to, and then she basically, Shohei gives her the advice to just, like, tell Risiko as she like he rolls his eyes and he's like i can't believe this drama like just tell her what you told me like it's not that Mm -hmm. big a deal like just you're making it more into more than what it actually is first haruka tells kori that she intended to mute her and like she has no idea what what she's talking about like about this blocking stuff like i don't unfollow her like what i don't know what you're talking about like i muted her then to show hey, she admits that like she realized she immediately after she realized she blocked her by mistake and then she unblocked her, but she didn't realize that that like when you block someone, like you automatically unfollow them. Like that's mm-hmm. part of blocking someone. And so. Like, she didn't think she had to follow her back because she thought she was still following her. This is, I, I know, while I'm talking about this, I'm like, I can't believe I'm saying this on a podcast <laughs> right now. But, like, the thing is, it is, like, this is a huge deal, like, yeah. to people, like, when it's happening.
2: I mean, most, if you look at a lot of celebrity gossip and stuff, a lot of times there are full articles about who's following who, who unfollowed who. Oh, oh my gosh. They unfollowed blah, blah, blah. They're not friends because they unfollowed blah, blah, blah. Yeah,
1: I follow, I follow accounts on, on like, I, there are accounts I follow on Instagram called, like, comments by celebrities, which is, like, mm-hmm. one of my favorite accounts, which is, like, literally a screenshot account of celebrities commenting on other people's posts, mm-hmm. and, like, interacting, and it's just so funny, it's, like, such a good account, it's hilarious, and, I, I mean, it's because, like, we're all human, so it's, like, it, it, it's nice to see that we're all I don't know, like, the same, but, yeah. like, it just shows you that everyone can be petty and insecure and, like, yep. you know, like, upset and, like, get mm-hmm. into their head and overthink mm-hmm. things. Like, because sometimes, like, even if you aren't you, you're, like, even if just watching Haruka and, like, the journey she's goes on on her self-realization throughout this episode when it comes to this topic, like... The more you talk about it, the more you realize there's deeper stuff there because, Mm -hmm. like, yes, it's just social media and, yes, it's an action, but there was an underlying reasoning as to why she did what she did and what happened. And as long as you explain that, it makes sense. So it's not dramatic, but it's Mm -hmm. like if you don't have the opportunity to explain, then it gets conflated and people assume things and then people ascribe Feelings and emotions to other things that aren't real. And so it becomes this huge beast that gets really hard to pull back from. And even if you do understand, like, if something else is innocuous and like maybe someone didn't mean something by it, like, if you know that, it, if you know that this is so ridiculous because as soon as I say this, I'm going to regret it. But like, if they know that it bothers you and they still do it, like, I feel like that also says something.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: if that makes sense like if you were like hey it bothers me when you're like going around like commenting on you know hot girls like instagrams and like talking about their bodies and stuff that makes me uncomfortable and then they still do it if you say that for example then that's like clearly they don't care yeah because you told them and then they still did it. They're like, I'm going to do what I
2: want anyway.
1: Yeah, it might not, like, they, they can't really be like, well, I don't know what you mean. Like, I, mm-hmm. I, I didn't know. Like, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, it's more about, I think, like, the intentions behind the actions, not just the action of yeah. her blocking someone. I think that was what it was. And so, but Kenny kind of blew it up into this whole thing where he was like, if this is true and Haruka did block her just because I picked her or whatever, then he goes like then I think Haruka scares me and I was like what it's not about you actually it's about their fight like their fight was really hard
2: she's not about to come swinging at you like yeah exactly
1: (laughs) it's like and and I think this the problem I think also the problem is too is we did see this earlier when like after that really like down dirty fight where both of them said very harsh things Mm -hmm. like and then Risiko went to Kenny's room and basically bitched about the the cigarette thing where she was yeah. like well like she the she told me that I smoke cigarettes in secret and I was like well yeah but you didn't tell her that you're like really done with the fact that she's always victim blaming herself and acting mm-hmm. like the victim all the time. So like that's not really nice either, is it? Like yep. she just didn't really like own up to any of the mean things that she said. So I feel like that's kind of what Corey kind of told Kenny as well where she was like I think that you don't really hang out with Haruka like the boys don't like she and I hang out a lot together and you guys hang out a lot with Risiko so you kind of know her a little bit more like her personality and I feel like maybe you might not be giving Haruka the benefit of the doubt just because you don't know her as well as you know Risiko so like I think it's easier to want to believe the person you're closer to. And like, even though you do know that there might be a different side to the story, because Kenny does say, as soon as he says, Haruka scares me, he goes because Karori says, like, oh, you know, like, well, you are closer to Risiko, and then he goes, yeah, you're right, you know, like, Risiko could be completely lying to me, and she could be the scary one, and she could be, like, you know, spinning this whole thing, like, saying, like, I don't understand, so then he kind of makes it seem like Risiko is the one who's bitching about Haruka behind Haruka's back to him, as opposed to, like, the, I don't know, it got kind of confusing at one point, where I was just like, wait, so, was it just from the message boards or is Risiko also saying this
2: about Haruka as well and bringing this to you? Like, Yeah, like it's not clear if they've been talking about it more or if these are his own assumptions that he's made.
1: Like how Risiko reacted in the moment, it made me kind of feel like Kenny in the moment felt like he kind of was a little generous by saying how oh. Risiko felt because I really don't think... I really don't think Risa Go cared as much, to be honest. Like, yeah. I think at this point she really doesn't care. So yes. I think that, like, Kenny was trying to make it about himself. And he was like, well, like, I think she's creating all this drama when it comes to me and, like, mm-hmm. whatever. And he was just trying to be like, blah, 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 blah. And then if it, in, in a way, it cleared the air so it worked out because now the girls are fine and they kind of like addressed it because then after this whole thing after shohei tells haruka to kind of like just tell risiko how what happened just as haruka told him and the way she does it is kind of shady she kind of first is like whispering with Corey as the three of them are in the girls room
2: Corey right in front of risiko
1: Right, right in front of Risiko while Cory is like sitting in the middle of between them. And then you see Risiko's face where she's just like, "Ugh," because yeah. this is like the exact behavior that Risiko is not interested in. And like, mm-hmm. this is why they got into the fight before. Like, Risiko has said verbatim, like, I don't like how you guys act like that. Like,
0: yeah. So it was like
1: really shady and it's clear that they've been talking about this already like when you say it like that and i think it's just maybe that her i think this scene though made me think like i think haruka is just kind of a little bit of a coward to be honest mm-hmm. like when it comes to confronting people like i don't mm-hmm. think she i think she she finally says what she thinks and like she isn't, like, cowardly when she's, like, in a fight, but I don't think she starts, she doesn't pick the fights, like, she's always, like, trying to avoid them, and then when she gets put in a really uncomfortable situation, and she gets kind of, like, pushed into a corner, then she fights back, and Mm -hmm. then she fights dirty, like, I feel like that's how she is, whereas, like, Risiko's a little bit more assertive in, like, picking fights.
2: Yeah, you know, she'll start the fight or bring out the discussion while Haruka tries to avoid the confrontations.
1: Right. Like, she's more of an assertive type, whereas I would call Haruka kind of just, like, more of a reactive type. Like
2: mm-hmm. I'm, like, kind of the same way. I'm a very Haruka when it comes to, yeah like, fights and confrontations. Too. I'm more of a, oh, kind of avoid it at first until you kind of get brought into it and then you kind of react.
1: Once I'm in it, like, I'm going to defend myself. Mm-hmm. So, like... And I'm an observer, and like I'm also like I went to I'm a lo- I went to law school, so like I am like I like debate, so I like having my points, but I like having facts. So mm-hmm. like, but I can I I can I can fight really dirty, I'm I can be really mean. It's bad. Mm-hmm. I don't like that part about myself. I'm not proud of it. Yeah. So then, as they have this conversation, Risiko basically like Haruka kind of basically says, you know, I just she says what she told, Showan cory like she actually owns up to the fact that she in front of cory she's i didn't tell this to cory which i thought was actually kind of good because it shows that like haruka doesn't tell cory everything so like in a way i felt like you know it was kind of a good way to bridge the three of them in a way where she's just like you know i tell cory some things but i didn't tell her this part and like Mm -hmm. i will own the fact that like i meant to mute you like I will own that I muted you because I didn't want to see your post like which I thought was good I think she needed to
2: admit that yeah that she was having a hard time after yeah their con- which is valid she was having which a hard is time fair after their fight and it yeah. just felt very toxic to
1: see her stuff I think that's fair. And then she was like, but I just didn't realize I didn't unfollow you and whatever. And then Rizuko goes, I really, it's not a big deal. Like, I really don't care. And then, and then Haruka says like, yeah, like I, I didn't think, you know, it should be like this huge big deal that we should like have to sit down and talk about. But I guess like avoiding it is not good either. So I guess it's better that we aired it out, like kind of thing, and then Corey kind of says, you know, like yeah, like it, it's probably good that we all you know moved beyond it, and now that it's out there, like it's done, and basically it's it's done at this point it's dropped mm-hmm. it's done, it's dropped, it never gets picked up again in this episode, and they move on, they kind of move on to the next topic, which is like Corey and her deal. So do you believe Haruka when she said she meant to mute and not block Risiko?
2: No. <laughs> I don't believe her because after she talked about that, I like went on Instagram to go see the differences. And muting and blocking, it's not like the button is like right next to each other. Like you actually like you can mute after seeing someone's like on the feed, for instance. You have to actually go to that person's profile. Yeah, now you can.
1: Before it wasn't the same though. With it wasn't the same when she was doing it though. I feel like it was different last fall.
2: But this is but this has been like this for a while. Like the mute block thing hasn't really changed. Like you still have to go to someone's profile and block. You them. do. You
1: have to go to someone's profile. I feel like it has changed in the fact that like now it's I don't I don't have a, the option to mute people as much anymore. Do you still have the option to mute people? Uh-huh.
2: Yeah. Oh, okay. Maybe I'm just
1: maybe I checked on someone that I've already muted.
2: Yeah, so like The little three dots that you see on your feed, you can mute.
1: No, I did that. I was trying to mute someone and I couldn't do it and I didn't know why. Oh, you may have already have the mute. And I was like, did it disappear? But then it should pop up and say unmute, right? I don't know. I've never muted, I've only blocked. I don't know. I just recently checked because I wanted to know, like, what the new. Because you know how Instagram's always changing? So I just wanted to see. Because I remembered, because I muted someone, like, right around the time this happened. Mm -hmm. Not, like, in the summer, but, like, in the fall, I muted someone. I had to have this whole conversation with this person about it. It was, like, ridiculous. I was just, like, this is such a waste of my freaking time. Like, I cannot believe, like, just freaking, like, the other person was, like, I don't know, trying to say, like, that they had a, they had a person they were dating already, and then they kept, like, DMing me, like, in the middle of the night like stuff and it was really like it was uncomfortable for me like Mm -hmm. it was like like you know like they were hitting on me and I was just like no and I was like yo like I'm dating someone like this makes me super uncomfortable like you have a girlfriend like it's not cool And they're just like, I don't want to be doing like this stuff, but like you liked my photos. And I was like, I don't remember liking your photo, dude. Like, I don't know what you're talking about.
2: Like, you're like, I'm just scrolling.
1: And then they're like, well, you liked some of my photos so that spurned me to look at your photos. And like, I was like, dude, like, why are you making this my fault? Like, Mm. the like, no. I was so annoyed. It was <laughs> just like, yeah. Instagram's my job. Like I'm just scrolling and I like whatever I like. Like I'm not actively like looking at who's posting them. Like I'm looking at the posts themselves. I'm not like paying attention to like who's posting them. Like I follow who I follow because I like their content. Like, you know, do you want me to unfollow you? Like I was literally like, I, I was just like, I just like to support people that I think are creating great content. Like I don't really care about the person. Like if we had a, prior like personal relationship great like Whatever, like I, I'm literally not thinking about it And then it became this whole dramatic thing And it's just like, well, I don't want to block you And I was like, oh my god, like Do you want me to, like, block you? Like, do you want to mute me? Like, I don't, do you want me to mute you? Like, Yeah, you're like, how do I go about it? Like, what do you want me to do? Like, yeah. I literally, because all I want to do right now Is stop having this conversation with you right yeah. now Like, you, like literally want to go to sleep. Like,
2: and Instagram is weird because there's, like, blocking There's muting, there's unfollowing Like, the, yeah, you can do, like, multiple things
1: I know no, it makes sense. Like, it's so complicated. Like, I guess we can already go into this next question then. It's like, what is the etiquette of unfollowing? someone like do you think it's different for someone you know socially or are well acquainted with IRL both societally and for yourself I feel like this is a good question to like put out there before we discuss like the muting versus blocking Mm -hmm. versus unfollowing thing yeah because this is part of the etiquette right like the fact that there is muting unblocking and unfollowing and and then it comes to the second point of like you know should etiquette ultimately like Maybe we should start with the first part, like, is there an etiquette? Yes, no, yes, do you think so? Yes, yes, I guess we can both agree that there uh-huh. is one there is. and then I guess we should like discuss the etiquette first before we discuss whether or not there should be like should that even matter so like let's let's talk about the etiquette since maybe not everyone listening is as <laughs> familiar with social media etiquette as they should I feel like a ale- everyone could use a little less than social media etiquette yeah. not to say that you and I are perfect at it but you know as people who work in in social media and and learn a lot about social media and how it should be used versus how it shouldn't be used and have experience the pitfalls and and the joys of it I feel like there's a lot of misconceptions about social media and etiquette and like the fact that people don't think they're is one or whether or not there should be one or i i I think there should be one Mm -hmm. i think to a certain extent like you need to protect the etiquette it's like any other social interaction like it's it's online but it's considered it's social media Mm -hmm. like right the aspect of it is social so it should be the same the same rules should govern social media as govern any other social interaction so all social etiquette should apply In my opinion.
2: Yeah. Because like how you interact with a stranger or with your friend or with your family. Face-to-face should still apply, I think, on social media. Yes,
1: it should. Just because you can't see what they look like doesn't mean that you shouldn't treat them like you would want to be treated yourself yeah. or you would want your kid to be treated or your daughter or your parent or your sibling or your best friend, you know, or grandma. Mm-hmm. Like, anyone you care about. You should want you should treat anyone on the internet as if they are someone you personally know and you mm-hmm. have to see in person. I feel like a lot of people think like, well, I don't have to ever see them in person so I can just say whatever I want. No, it still hurts and it still sucks. Like you can see this whole thing that's happening with Sam Hewen, the lead who plays Jamie mm-hmm. Frazier in Outlander mm-hmm. who has just come come out with uh, this whole thing about how he's been incessantly bullied online yeah. for like years and he yeah. has, his mental health has severely suffered from this. Recently the coast of Love Island Caroline Flack in February committed suicide from Insane, like battering, emotional battering online from fans and from the British media and tabloids. And also in Korea, there are multiple K pop stars who have taken their lives. I mean, last year, early this year, I think at least two girls, like Gu Gusu or Gusang or something i'm not very familiar with korean k-pop yet and then saw, uh, two i think two girls who are close and then another male pop k-pop star who c- killed themselves over bullying so i feel like we should definitely discuss a little bit about what we should be doing obviously like you should be protecting yourself so like just because you know someone that shouldn't hold you hostage That is why we have the lovely mute button, Um, which is something like obviously like in general, Instagram is a business tool. So I think the basic is like, yes, you should use it socially. It's fun. But if you are using it to be a photographer or if you're using it to be an influencer or whatever industry or purpose you're using it for, those are the who you should be following. So if you are trying to be a travel account, you should be following the biggest people in travel you should be following travel publications you should be following travel agencies airlines travel influencers travel magazines travel programs like anything that's interesting to you in that field is what you should be following because then that categorizes you in that pool and then every time anyone is looking for anything related to that you get put in that pool and then so you pop up when people are looking for travel. That helps categorize you. It's similar to kind of TikTok where people say like, oh, well, TikTok categorizes you, blah, blah, blah. Like, it's scary. Sure, it's scary, but it's also a tool if you know how to use it well and you're careful in protecting yourself. So because, you know, it's like like with any business or social thing you're going to be friends with or know people that like, obviously, like, you know, like a professor or Someone you look up to or, you know, whatever, or, you know, someone in your field that you might not like their content per se, but it's important to follow them because you have a relationship or I don't know, or whatever. Or if you're just in a fight with someone and you don't want to see their stuff, you, but you don't necessarily want to unfollow them or block mm-hmm. them, like in this case, you can mute them. You know, or maybe like if it's Mother's Day and you're having a hard time or, you know, and you wanted to like mute some Mother's Day things, you can do that. Like, you know what I mean? It's just it's a good tool to have when you're just doing things. What else is the other things you can do? You can unfollow people, Mm -hmm. obviously. Unfollowing is just so that you don't. It's how do I explain this? Like, so muting is like you're still following them, but you just don't see their content like unless you go to their page to like actively seek it Research. out so it doesn't like yeah. come to you right and then yep. unfollowing means you have consciously uncoupled as Gwyneth Paltrow and Chris Martin would say and <laughs> you have chosen to no long uh, to no longer subscribe to this person's content and you're not you're okay with them knowing yep. that you're not interested anymore yep. and you're you're done like you're like I'm okay like yep. I am going to love you from afar and not associate with you, which I think is okay because you are only allowed to follow up to, I think, 7,500 7, accounts on Instagram, which I mean, that's a lot of accounts, but that's the max. So mm-hmm. you can only follow, you have a cap. So you yeah. can only follow a certain amount. So yeah. technically, you can't follow unlimited, like, you know, Unless, Twitter or yeah. anything. So you do have to be very strategic about who you're following, especially if you use it as a business and you have to follow other businesses, as I said, you know, not for personal reasons but for like career reasons which makes sense and then finally you have block which is you can see their content if you want to choose to seek it out yourself but they can no longer follow any of your content nor see any of your content from that account that you blocked people get around this by creating dummy accounts and like still stalking you which is creepy but you know for all intents and purposes blocking allows you to stay safe if your account is private you have to accept new you know followers mm-hmm. so if that's what you're looking for that's what you're looking for so what do you think is the etiquette of like unfollowing someone do you think there should be like a reason or do you think people should be just be able to unfollow people because they should be able to unfollow people i mean it's free will with
2: like each of these there's like different levels so like with yeah. my experience with like you unfollowing and blocking and stuff. I only block if it's, like, for my personal, like, safety. Right, yeah. That's what we should talk about. You know, like, I've had a a really bad experience a few years ago, so maybe two or three years ago, where I legitimately had a stalker. um, But it was someone I knew in real life who I went to high school with. Oh, my God, that's so scary. Who, while I was away in college, became very obsessively stalking my social media and stalking me in person. And so I made the conscious decision to block this said person on all social media because this person was, in fact, making me uncomfortable and physically and socially media, you know, like stalking me. Yeah, that's crazy. So I blocked them so that they couldn't see where I'm at, you know, like, you know, because like there's times where like I'm away at school or I'm at home or on vacation or, you know, I'm at the lunch with my friends. I didn't want yeah. this person to be able to see where I'm at or what I'm up to or anything mm-hmm. like that. I just chose, I just decided that this person had no right now to see any part of my life. Yeah. So that's really the only experience I have with blocking. That's so scary. I mean, I've blocked other kind of like social media people who have made me very uncomfortable and a lot of times right. just crazy troll accounts that are just right. very disrespectful you know, being a young woman, I just want to protect myself. So that's really the only time I found myself blocking. I feel like I'm very like frugal. Like I only block if like it's really, really bad. Well, I have I yeah. know other people who kind of are like more lenient with blocking. Aren't
1: so frugal with their blocks.
2: Yeah. Like I'm very like, <laughs> yeah, I, I, like I let it go really, really far before I started blocking following and unfollowing is an interesting which
1: i feel like we both need to learn from. <laughs> I think yeah. i'm getting better at it.
2: <laughs> yeah, like i probably could have blocked those later earlier. But
1: i was like you too. No, i feel like i'm i'm learning a lot more about embracing the block, i yeah. guess. I'm the same way. Like i i won't block unless unless like i feel I don't want this person to know about where I am Mm -hmm. like, or what I'm doing. Like, and mostly it's a safety thing. Like, or, and it's an access thing. It's, it's mostly, it is a safety and access thing. I mean, mm-hmm. access is safety, but it's also, yep. it's not just physical safety, but it's emotional safety. It's yep. like protecting your vulnerability and like protecting your mental health. And like mm-hmm. as someone who has, who has lived a lot of their life online, both you and I, it's very important for us to cultivate our boundaries and protect our space into a place that is very, comforting for us to be in because then if we don't feel comfortable being in that space then it's hard for us to stay there when we're the only when we're the ones managing our time there if that makes sense like there's no one forcing us to spend time in social media but that's our job so like we have to self-manage and self-regulate and it's so difficult to do when you're just not happy to be there like It's tough. So Mm -hmm. I get it. Like, I've been through that, too. For me, I've been through stalker situations as well. In the past, girls and boys, I had a couple girls who, like, bullied me a lot. And then they kind of, like, kept stalking me. And, like, I had, like, these links. I, I don't know if, like... They don't really have like it's not the same as on instagram anymore because i mean instagram they automatically log but back even when back when we had like aim aim like instant Mm -hmm. messaging i used to have like you know when you could put in like a photo like a Mm -hmm. link to your photo account or like what your Flickr or whatever i used to have links that every time someone would click my link it would log their user screen name so i could see who was clicking my links Mm -hmm. so i knew who and then it would show me how many times they've clicked my links before Mm And, like, uh, two of the highest link clickers were people that I went to high school with who were, like, bullying me Mm -hmm. or, like, said crazy stuff about me. And I was just like, that makes sense. Like, it's just, I don't know. And then, like, at at that point, like, I, I consciously made an effort to kind of, like, keep a distance from certain people. I just think it's important to, like, when you've been hurt by certain people multiple times, like, it's important to stay abreast of, like, reminding yourself that, like unless they're making a conscious effort like by their actions like they're not changing like people don't normally change and like it's not smart to be around people like there's so many human beings in the world like that will love you and appreciate you for who you are and wholly without having to hide or shrink pieces of yourself down and those are the people you should be worried about and concerned about and trying to find in your life and not mm-hmm. so much about the people who are like obsessively stalking you and like yeah. being mean. But yeah, I had I had an ex who did that too, like who would find like who tried to find out where I was through my Instagram or through other people's Instagram. So then I stopped adding like specifics as to where I am. I never share my exact address online or where I live yeah. like. And then one time someone posted my address by accident online and it was on Twitter for like Five hours, and I felt so uncomfortable. And I was like, "Oh my god, please take it down!" I like freaked out. Mm -hmm. And then the person was really nice, and like I felt really bad because they didn't mean to do it, but it scared me because I had someone break into my apartment before. And like, granted, this person was close to me, but like, when you've gone through something like that, Mm -hmm. like it changes you, and like safety becomes really important. So the only other times I've I've never really I blocked people. I've been yeah, like just. I've had, like, really bad, like, we had a really bad, like, friend breakup, or, like, I've never really been the one to block someone, but, like, I've been in a really bad friend breakup where the other person, like, blocked me because the other person was, like, one of those people who blocks easily out of emotion, and then I was like, you know what, if you're that person, then I'm gonna block you, because I don't, Mm -hmm. if you decide that you want to unblock me one day, like i really don't want you to have access to my stuff like yeah. after i forget like yeah. this interaction so in that moment i'll block them as well it's just like a done deal yeah and then that way it's like you're both blocking each other so that even if the other person unblocks you they can't follow you again which makes it better anyway i mean i was like it makes it better
2: yeah so like my experience with like following and unfollowing That's the one Mm -hmm. where I sometimes struggle to kind of find the middle ground. I had a really weird thing. So when I was in high school, I like, you know, my working online and like YouTube and stuff was very much just a hobby. And then I got to college and that's when it became more work focused for Mm -hmm. me. And I kind of made the decision after a really bad, like toxic friend group, like breakup, I guess. I like these three Mm -hmm. friends in high school that were just, like, a really, really bad group of friends, and it was kind of on the verge of bullying, that when I went to college, it was, like, the summer after high school graduation, right, for college, I just decided to unfollow them, because I thought blocking was too harsh, but I didn't feel like I wanted to see, you know, what they were up to anymore, you know, I just moved right. away, was just at school, like, I, I felt like, I don't know, I had other people that I would have rather followed and, like, spent my time looking at that stuff. You want a fresh start.
1: Plus, also, you don't have to... You're explaining it because we're on this, like... Podcast, but like in real life, you shouldn't have to explain why you want to unfollow them. Like the reason why you're over, like I I I read this post that said like over explaining is a symptom of being gaslit. Like it's a result of being gaslit by people constantly, and these girls they just constantly gaslit you by bullying you, and so you feel like you have to justify why you decided to unfollow them.
2: Yeah, but so like there's more to this because I'm
1: excited to hear more
2: though. So I I unfollowed them. I moved away whatever I came back that like holiday season that my freshman year of college and they confronted me I like ran into them somewhere like hadn't talked to them (gasps) since we graduated and they confronted me and were like why did you unfollow us like that was so rude that was so disrespectful blah 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 and I like had to be like we're not friends <laughs> <laughs> you guys were rude to me. I moved away, and I've kind of had to straight up be like, I don't really care about your lives anymore. And it was yeah super awkward, and I felt really weird about it, and I felt weird having to explain it, you know? Because to me, it was yeah. just like a little silent like goodbye in my head.
1: It's like Kenny you know? pulling, it's like Kenny pulling Haruka and asking her why she didn't come to his y- game. Yeah,
2: exactly. And I was just like so uncomfortable, and ever since then, I always like. I became like very conscious about like unfollowing people. Yeah. Like even though I feel like I don't necessarily have to, like you said, like you don't really have to explain.
1: Yeah, no, I feel I feel the same way.
2: Having a confrontation like that really kind of changes things. And so even now I feel I feel like if I go and unfollow someone, I feel like I have to have some kind of justification. I don't necessarily agree that you I totally have that, but in my head that's how I think about it ever since that interaction this was you know three three and a half years ago now I agree with you and it was like a whole retaliation thing where like they unfollowed me and unfollowed all my friends and were like all mad that I unfollowed them and I was like this just kind of proved my point why I don't want to be associated with you anymore (laughs) exactly that's exactly it (laughs) if you like make it this big of a deal exactly it's like yeah you just
1: proved my point exactly like you literally just you just this is but this is how I feel about like pretty much all all of my like toxic relationships like every every situation where I have finally blocked someone or like you know, mm-hmm. I've, it's just gotten to a point where like they react and I'm like, I, I waited that long to do it because I was like n- trying to avoid the reaction mm-hmm. and then they react the exact way I think they're going to. And I'm like, Psh, I knew it. Yeah. Like, you know, but then it's like you finally do it and you're like, well, at least it's over. Like they can't because then it's done and yeah. like you're not anticipating the worst because it happened. So then you're like, well, I can't get any worse because... Which we already did it, mm-hmm. so it's like you move on. Yep, it's kind of like okay, a done deal. Yeah, whatever. But like I get that because like to me, if I I only just learned this like recently, where I was finally like, you know what, screw it, and mm-hmm. I unfollowed someone yep. where who I uh, who I had been muting for like a while now. Yeah, and I'd just been like, you know what, like I. I think I'm done. Yeah. That's the
2: point. Like, if they've been muted for long enough anyway, it's like... It's like... Yeah. It's like you unfollow them where you're like, okay, like, I really don't care <laughs> to see your stuff anymore. Yeah, I really don't. Because, like, even...
1: Because, like, it's it kind of shows you when you, like, mute someone and then you randomly see something of theirs, pay attention to how that makes you feel. Mm-hmm. Like, if you haven't seen something from this someone in a while like, a really long time, and then you see something involving them, if you feel excited, then cool, you miss this person. Like, yep. that's cool. Maybe you should think about that. If you're, like, ugh, then you should unfollow that yep. person. <laughs> like,
2: yep. you're done. Exactly. Like, your solution should make you happy, and, like, having toxic people that you see on your feet all the time is- Yeah, just, it's Can stupid. be a lot, and, like, I think it's important for people to realize that, yes, you can unfollow people. You can mute people and, like, not feel bad about it. Like, It's your social media, it's your feed, it's your happiness, honestly. like I want to feel happy when I go on my feed and feel inspired to see my friends' posts or people that I admire. And if someone that I don't really like shows up, I'm kind of at the point now where I'm, I don't know, Like I feel like my own social media happiness should be coming first. And it's okay to cleanse (laughs) that.
1: Yeah, I think so. I mean, there are certain things where I feel like socially connected to people but then there are like people from like college or like grad school mm-hmm. where you're just like do they even care like yeah i feel like i don't really care so then like i do go through periodically like these periods of like i go through my old like people who i'm following mm-hmm. every year like yes. usually at the end of the year or something or twice a year or in the summer and then like in the fall i'll like go through and i'll check check in on like people that you know like mm-hmm. i was friendly with in the past or like new passingly and then I'll check to see like one if they're updating recently Mm -hmm. or like posting anything because if their account is dead then I'm just going to unfollow it because like they're not posting anything anyway this is my work so I need active accounts to follow and if like they're not active on Instagram we're probably friends I'm friends with most of like my classmates on Facebook anyway which I don't really use but like I'm like, well, I mean, and poor friends on Facebook, like, we're connected there. Mm-hmm. So it's not like we're going to cut, like, all communications. Yeah. So, like, we have Facebook. So I'm, like, not super worried about it. Agreed. But then, like, but then if they're, then I'll usually check to see if they're still following me. And then if they are, then I'll usually, like, leave it because I'm like, oh, it's fine. I still want to have, like, a connection with them. Mm-hmm. Like, that's cool. But if they're not following me, I'll just be like, okay, well, then I'll unfollow, too, because yeah. it's, like. I were you're not updating you're not following me anymore like it's cool like mm-hmm. you don't like my content that's cool I'm just gonna unfollow you yep. like I don't take it personally if people are unfollowing me I'm just like oh great well okay cool mm-hmm. and if they're not following me and I still want to follow them I'll still follow them yeah. like it's not a big deal I'll still like their stuff and comment like even if they're not following me like I won't take it personally mm-hmm. I'll just be like oh like so glad to see you're happy Like, whatever. Like, it's cool. Like, and I think that's a healthy way to do it, I guess. Like It's hard not to take it personally sometimes, but, like, you know, like, especially if you date someone and, like, you see their activity on Instagram. Like, it's hard not to read into it sometimes. Like, especially if you know how they are with Instagram. I feel like that changes it a little bit Mm -hmm. because you know their habits and you know why they like certain things, or, like, when they're acting a certain way on Instagram, like, what it means because mm-hmm. they told you, like, yeah. that kind of sucks, but I think when it's just Instagram, period, I really think that, like, it's not as serious as people think, like, most of the time when I'm liking things, I'm literally just scrolling through my feed and liking things, and, like, I've liked things where I've, like, I've followed people because, because of etiquette, like, i followed certain people that I'm not necessarily, like, friends with, or, like, exes, or, like, you know, people that I'm not like—I don't really like—or we got into a fight, or we're not speaking anymore. But I still follow them. I've liked the, their posts before on Instagram by ma- by mistake yeah. because I, they just post good content, and I don't want to not follow the content because I like the content. Like. <laughs> I don't know I feel like as an artist I can separate it but like when it gets to a certain point where like the relationship is clearly not supposed to be interactive in any way then I can remove myself from that like ego and like selfishness of wanting to see someone's content and yeah. then just like r- unfollow or mm-hmm. whatever like I feel like I can respect that but I don't know it's definitely hard
2: yeah it's so, like sometimes it's not personal and like I try not to take it yeah personally either And, like, honestly, there's been a lot of times where, like, you know, I follow people from, like, you know, my first semester of college or kind of like you said earlier. like Exactly. A lot of times those people weren't really people I was friends with but, like, wanted to connect to, you know, years ago in that moment. I'm like, "Ah, okay, like, we're not really friends. Like, I don't really mind unfollowing. Do
1: you still follow certain people, like, from that time in your life, though, that, like, you know you probably should unfollow but you can't? I have some of those.
2: (laughs) A a few, but I feel like over the years, that's like dwindled more and more. Oh, yeah, definitely has dwindled. A lot of things changed when I, because I used to have like a personal Instagram and then my like book one. And then about two years ago, when I combined them into one... I know that is where I kind of lost a lot because a lot Uh of people that I knew in high school or, you know, played volleyball with and stuff were like, okay, Caitlin, like, we don't really care about your book stuff. Care about your book stuff. I just kind of knew that. And so a lot of connections were disconnected when I made that decision. But I made that decision knowing that that would probably happen because I wanted to focus on work and stuff, you know. So I kind of knew that a lot of those personal connections, you know, people would no longer be interested in my content but like i said like when i made that decision i absolutely knew that was exactly so that was a lot kind of what switched that a lot for me
1: yeah exactly plus like if you're sharing that content to facebook anyway like they can choose to interact with it like if they want to on there which is fine and like on the other token like i appreciate so much like There are people from high school and like middle school and elementary school and college who still like watch every single one of my stories, like every single one of my posts, and like they are so supportive. And like those people, I am so like thankful for Mm -hmm. because they're like awesome. Yeah,
2: because like even if we don't talk all the time or like really ever, like there's people from high school that still watch everything or will yeah. comment or you know respond to my stories or stuff it's like so that nice. like, even if I don't you know talk to them personally much
0: just having yeah. their
2: support like in this different time of my life is really yeah really huge. it's crazy and, like I, you know I'm definitely not the best at necessarily expressing that to those people but I yeah. feel like it is something that I'm super thankful for
1: it's so great because I feel like that's such that's like relationships I love like I feel like all relationships can and should be like that where it's like it should be like hey like how are you like it's so great to hear like how amazing you're doing and it makes me so happy to see how happy you are especially considering like everything in our past because I feel like I don't know maybe it's a little different for me now too because I'm 33 and next month I'll be 34 and like so I have like you know 10 years on you so I have a little (laughs) bit more like you know life experience Mm -hmm. in terms of like relationships and like it's been longer for me since it's been high school, yeah. so, like, there's been a little bit more differentiation between all of our paths, mm-hmm. and, like, a lot of my friends have are married and have kids now, and, like, it's kind of crazy, but it's really cool to, like, hear from people who are older than you, who, like, you used to look up to mm-hmm. as well, like, Recently, someone that I really looked up to, like, actually two people I really looked up to in high school, like, when I was talking about, like, body image and body dysmorphia, like, and also my date rape, they kind of, like, opened up to me, like, and DM'd me, and they were like, hey, like, I know I never, like, really – we haven't really talked much lately, but I just really want to tell you how much, like, you talking about this all the time really helps me Mm -hmm. because – it really like makes me feel great to see you doing all this stuff and talking about this because it's helped me realize so much about myself and like my own experience and how okay it is. and like, Yeah, that's great. It's really cool to see that, like, even if you don't speak to each other often, like, that even now, like, that one small connection you had in high school and, like, us being able to follow each other's journeys of life, like, this long mm-hmm. has el- able been able to impact each other in, like, a positive way. And, like, even if it's not just, like, positive because of something I went through, if it's, like, something to do with education or, like you know, I recently had someone open up to me saying, like, something that I was talking about really helped them support their young child who is having some certain things that are coming to light that she really needed to help on and, like, assistance, and she didn't think that anyone could help, and, like, we were able to talk about, like, you know, that stuff, and that was really nice, too, like, it's, I just, I love the sense of community that, like, social media can have. So it's, like, such a wonderful tool. But then it sucks when it gets perverted by Kenny. Yeah. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately. Anyway, uh, moving on, since we talk about Instagram all the time. Yeah. And I think it was a good discussion, though. Yeah. Like, it's like we need to talk about It's too. important. People should be nice on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like we'll probably do like a separate episode where we discuss more of that deeper because we can talk about yeah, that stuff every day. Absolutely. So, anyway, we're moving on. It's Corey's birthday. Ooh, Happy birthday, Happy birthday Corey. Corey. Yeah. She is, it's June 25th. A few days after
2: mine.
1: Yeah, you guys have, like, really close birthdays. Mm -hmm. It's kind of insane. I love it. She is a double cancer, and I I don't, like, her ascendant is not specifically, like, 100% true but it could like but because I don't have her exact birth time but it's an Aries so she's a double cancer so she's very like cancery so I'm going to talk about her birth chart I'm going to record it in an insert so I can go deeper into it and like give you all of the nitty gritty things that Caitlin doesn't have to listen to because I will get very deep and very specific and it will be really fun and actually it explains a lot about Corey's life And, like, just how she is, Mm -hmm. which I'm going to talk about as we go on and discuss Corey, because I feel like it will be really helpful Mm -hmm. as to kind of explaining some of the things she says this episode with regards to, like, how she communicates, like, how she thinks, her philosophy of life, like, just in general. So let's talk Corey Watanabe's birth chart. So... Corey was born on june twenty fifth, 1990 in Minatoku, Tokyo, Japan, when she is now newly twenty nine years old in this episode. She is a double cancer. So Cancer Sun and Cancer Moon. I think before this, uh, assuming everyone knows enough about astrology, we haven't super gone into all of this in detail before, but the sun is your main sign. So what you know to be your traditionally your astrology sign would be considered your sun sign. This is the day you were born and how that is designated to you and then basically depending on where the planets are aligned at the time and place of your exact time and place of your birth you can kind of parse in astrology what we like to say are your like goals and your aspirations and your philosophies towards life and things like this uh nature obviously this is for fun so take it as you will, but I feel like a lot of the stuff that we've seen so far from Corey kind of aligns with this, so I'm just gonna dive right in. Corey being a double Cancer, her main two signs are Cancer Sun, Cancer Moon. So what makes this great is whenever you have a double sign or a triple sign, that just means like it's just a very amplified version of your Sun sign. So if you have met people who are or if you are of a sign And you kind of don't personally identify with something this might be why, but I do know a triple cancer, a friend of mine, and she is such a cancer and it's amazing, but anyway, the cancer or your son, the sun is your ego, your identity, your role in life, so the core of who you are, and for Kaori, she is a cancer, so she is fundamentally sensitive, nurturing, and gentle, and emotions may seem like a burden to her, but she is deeply committed to their relationships and being good to the people that they care about, but they may have a little trouble with self discipline. For Kaori, her cancer son shows up in her third house, which is the house of the mind, thinking, communication, siblings, social activity, interests, neighbors, early education, and things of that nature. And so she feels the need to distinguish her- themselves over others through the things that they know and are familiar with which makes sense for Kaori and that she is very sensitive and she's very nurturing she doesn't really open up that much about her relationships but she is very committed and good to the people that she does care about like haruka and shohei and things like that she does have a little trouble with self-discipline as she's kind of said before i think in terms of like her emotions and like regulating that yeah so i think that applies cancer moon so your moon basically uh, rules your Emotions, your moods, your feelings, and it's a sign you think of most of yourself as, since it reflects your personality when you're alone or deeply uncomfortable. So, like your moon is basically who you are when you're by yourself or when you're alone. So, being that she's a Cancer, she is very her emotional self is very sensitive, thoughtful, and empathetic, and she has a tendency to feel like a martyr and secretly fear being abandoned by those that she loves. And people with their moons in Cancer often have trouble letting go of things and they feel like an emotional wreck a lot of the time for Corey, her cancer moon is in her fourth house which rules home roots family self-care emotions foundations mother children women and femininity and so she tends to find security or anyone with you know a cancer moon in the fourth house would tend to find security and safety through your home or your family So now I'm going to go into her ascendant or her rising sign. Granted, your rising or your ascendant is the mask that you present to people. So this is kind of like what people initially think of you when you first meet them. It's seen in your personal style and how you come up to people when you first meet, like I said. And some say it gets relevant less relevant as you get older. It's kind of like how individuals interact with their environment is kind of, The broad way of saying it, but basically, this is kind of specifically, it changes every two hours. So it's very important if you don't feel like an ascendant is very you then ask about your birth time and make sure you have the right birth time because your ascendant can change every two hours and knowing your ascendant is really helpful because you're knowing your ascendant helps you find your descendant which is actually what individuals need and expect from their relationships with other people and your descendant tends to show or reveal to you what you tend to look for in a partner or like what you tend to require in your future partner in terms of like needs and fulfilling them and a partnership and what would best be suited for you in Corey's case i'm not i'm not aware of what specifically her birth time is so typically when that is the case we usually recommend just looking it up with by using like midnight so that's what i did and so according to that that would be an aries ascendant which is a mask that you present to people which is seen in your personal style as I said, etc. cetera, earlier before. So people with an Aries ascendant come across as independent, energetic, and direct. They seem to move quickly, sometimes with the appearance of more haste and impulsiveness than thought, patience, or follow-through. Sometimes forthrightness comes off as conceited or rude. So people with an ascendant in Aries have a descendant in Libra, And this means that a descendant Libra is a person who likes to to take the initiative, but who is also very proud, courageous, and very ambitious. However, because of his sometimes very extroverted nature, he needs his freedom and a certain kind of independence, which I think is pretty fair to say is very appropriate for Shohei, who is, you guessed it, A Libra! (laughs) So, for all of the comments going forward throughout this episode, when we sit to just question why Corey seems to still be hung up on Shohei, maybe this is a little bit of an insight into why she is so interested in Shohei. The difference is Shohei, as a Libra, his descendant, because of his ascendant. Shohei's ascendant is in Leo, so his descent is actually in Aquarius. So he looks for someone who is someone who's very sensitive and reacts deeply to disappointments in terms of love matters, and they tend to make other people feel special, unique, and wholly celebrated as themselves. And guess who has a Venus. In Aquarius love style it's Haruka so <laughs> it makes sense also that Shohei is interested in Haruka next to be your Mercury your Mercury is how you communicate talk think or process info and it's how you learn Corey has a Mercury in Gemini which means that her intellect is dynamic quick-witted and eclectic she's deeply curious about everything People with a Mercury in Gemini are deeply curious about everything. Their energy is often scattered in a million directions. The way they speak is articulate and witty, but they're likely to talk behind people's backs. This is in Corey's third house, which is the mind, thinking, communication, siblings, social activity, interests, neighbors, and early education. So this means that she is curious about and inclined to analyze how she communicates, whether she really understands something, and all the things that she doesn't know. Your Venus is how and what you love and how you express affection and what qualities you're attracted to. Corey's. Venus is in Taurus which means that her romantic side is oriented towards comfort and stability and she moves slowly and deliberately at the beginning of relationships and that timidity sometimes comes off as intimidating. They just want something sweet and simple. This is in Corey's second house. So that means Cory's Taurus and Venus is in her second house, which is money, work, income, daily routines, values, material possessions, priorities, habits, your job and work ethic. So this means that her love is often expressed in money and material possessions. Your Mars is basically, it rules con- confrontation and aggression. So it determines how you assert yourself, how you take action, and the energy that surrounds you, particularly in your sex life or your ambitiousness, or it basically kind of governs how you are when you're angry. People with your Aries and Mars, so like Kaori would be to the point and impulsive. She loves making things happen and pushing things forward with energy and enthusiasm. People with people with their Mars and Aries have a short temper but are quick to forgive. It is the bravest sign of the zodiac. Cory's Aries and Mars is in her first house so this first house governs self appearances beginnings the body first impressions attitude identity and your approach to life so this means that people with mars and aries put a lot of energy into self and self-image and since this is in her first house anything in your first house is hyper present in your personality so if you look at your own birth chart whatever planet and sign is in your first house would be very hyper present in your personality so like for me my mars and capricorn is in my first house which mars is a planet of aggression obviously as i said before and f- For me, it means I assert myself in a way that is responsible and efficient. And I think things through very intentionally. I'm highly motivated by ambition. And my rationality is sometimes seems a little, can sometimes seem a little soulless. Which I've been told in the past that I can, I I tend to seem like really harsh and removed. When I'm being a little overly rational, it's, it's, I've been told that I can come across as cold. Since this Mars and Capricorn is in my first house, I apparently put a lot of energy into myself and my self-image. And because it's in my first house, my Mars and Capricorn is very hyper-present in my personality. I don't really know if that's accurate, but I guess other people can attest to that. Anyway, (laughs) moving on. Okay, your Jupiter determines your philosophy of life. It rules your idealism, your optimism, and expansion. People with their Jupiter in Cancer, like Corey, grow and find understanding through emotions, intuition, and care this cancer in jupiter is in Corey's fourth house which is home roots family self-care emotions foundations mother children women and femininity and so this means that Corey tends to find success through home and family okay, last is your saturn which rules responsibility restriction limits and boundaries fears and self-discipline Corey's saturn is in capricorn which means that she struggles with a sense of responsibility ambition conservatism repressed emotions and obsessions with power and money. Since this- This Saturn in Capricorn is in Corey's 10th house, which rules career, long term goals, structure, status, reputation, public image, masculinity, men, fathers, experts, and fame. This means that Corey tends to have difficulties with goals success and responsibility which I feel considering last week's career situation and all of that is very interesting kind of breakdown of her chart to say the least so going forward it'd be really interesting to see how this impacts some of the decisions she makes and things that she says and that is the tea. Ruka was the head of the kitchen, head chef of the kitchen, and he cooked for the birthday. Which is
2: surprising after we saw how he cooked the
1: last time. Oh my god, I know. <laughs> it's like, clearly it gave him this like, renewed sense of like, I gotta do something better. Yeah, this new purpose, like, I
2: will do this better.
1: <laughs> I think he actually also... Used some recipes tonight mm-hmm. <laughs> and he had a, a, a sous chef an assistant chef in Shohei That's so that probably chef. helped a lot yeah and it probably helped because like after he had that insane misstep with his broccoli pasta carbonara style <laughs> I, the entire house knew how terrible
2: <laughs> you had to kind of improve it it
1: ended up being and so yeah i think they decided to help him out a little bit help a brother out all right so he put he cooked paella, paella salad mussels guac and salsa and lots of wine the boys said they went to a town where the They specifically sold mussels in order to get them from the birthday dinner tonight because they knew shellfish is Corey's favorite. And she shares a story about how she used to eat cheap mussels by the bucket when she lived in France. And this made her super nostalgic and grateful that they did something so thoughtful, which is like such a act of service love language which like I really appreciated Mm -hmm. because my number one love language is acts of service and I love when people do nice things for Mm -hmm. me and that's why I'm always like complaining about my mom and when like just anyone in general when I'm always just like what they say and what they do doesn't match up like that when people say like I I want I like people who mean what they say and say what they mean those people are people who like acts of service Not just words of affirmation because they want their words of affirmation to be backed Mm -hmm. by actual action. Like you have to show people how you feel, not just tell them because words could be lies. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Lesson by Michelle and Caitlin. (laughs) Ruka lends Corey a bunch of Attack on Titan comics and also gives her a personal birthday gift. He gives her a UV blocking sunblock spray for hair and body and a bottle of perfume. But the cute little baby cinnamon ruka roll of the <laughs> night is that instead of UV rays, shigaisen, he calls them infrared rays, sikigaisen. <laughs> wrong color. Super funny. We knew what he meant. We knew what he meant. Wrong, wrong, wrong aspect. It was the it was the opposite aspect of the light spectrum. Yeah. But we figured he was talking about the sun. He he meant the opposite. But they were close. They were close.
2: You know, it was close.
1: He meant you know, the sun looks red in your brain. Right? Anyway, everyone disperses, leaving Ruka and Kaori alone at the dinner table. Kaori invites Ruka to her gallery opening. The drawing Ruka noticed of hers on the back of a flyer is The first drawing that Ruka said was, like, really good.
2: Uh, It was one of the first ones that she drew in the house.
1: Yeah, that one Mm -hmm. is the first one. Yeah. It's the one that he complimented her on, right? The first one of her drawings. that he really, really loved. Yep. Kenny asks Ruka how he's picked the fragrance, and Ruka says by smell. (laughs) (laughs) Like... Like, obviously... uh. (laughs) And then Kenny is like, no, I know. But and I was like, Kenny, it's a really stupid question. I think
2: he wanted to ask to see if like, did you pick it yourself? Yeah. Or like, why? What about that smell? You know, like, you know, it's kind of like it would choose citrus over lavender over clean sheets.
1: (laughs) Yeah. His question was too broad. His question was too broad. Yeah. It wasn't specific enough. So he got like all like, what do you mean by smell? But it's like, dude, your question sucked. Yeah. That's your problem.
2: Yeah. <laughs> like be specific. Like I get it. Like you're asking, you know, about what kind of smell, but he's like, um, I smelled it.
1: <laughs> I get what you mean, but he's, he's Ruka. What do you expect? You have to tell him what you mean. You can't just expect him to spar to parse the language. Yeah. Okay. He can't just, like, be doing all this, like, subtext. Yeah. He's not like that. Exactly. it's straightforward in his face. Everyone everyone disperses, leaving Kaori and Ruka alone at the dinner table. Kaori invites Ruka to the gallery. Yep. And then Ru- Ruka wonders what he'll be doing. By age 30, Kaori asks him, what, what do you hope you will be doing? He says, I hope I'll be rich.
2: Don't
1: we all? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, dude, like, you're not doing
2: anything to support that yeah. dream, though. So yeah. what's... You got a business plan, you know?
1: <laughs> yeah. Ruka asks Kaori out for drinks at a later date. Kaori says, sure. Sh- sure. Sure. Sh- sure. Sure. Is what she says. <laughs> I don't know why I had to say that five times. <laughs> later on, everyone except Haruka is hanging out in the living room. After Kenny and Risiko confirm plans to hang out, Ruka asks Kaori when she is free to get drinks as per their conversation at the birthday dinner they make plans to go get drinks on july 7th Corey asks Risiko if she wants to finish their drinks on the roof and then up on the roof this is where Corey reveals that she has no idea what she and ruka is going to talk about at drinks mm-hmm and Risiko says to stop overthinking it and to let ruka fail because if she provides topics of conversations that are catered exclusively to him he's going to continue having a fun time not knowing anything he is doing is wrong and he's never going to learn to grow from his behavior or be a conversationalist and he's going to
2: suck just like kenny it's almost like a little slap on the wrist like (laughs) (laughs) he will learn to become a better conversationalist
1: (laughs) Yeah, I'm like, I don't see why. Like, I was like, I was just like looking at Risiko and I was like, but your boyfriend's a shitty conversation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, like, you <laughs> always bring up the topics of conversation in your conversations. Yep. Anyway, it's fine. She's happy. I just want Risiko to be happy. I think she deserves better, but it's okay. We're going to move on. And then Corey brings up the fact that she, she is still interested in Shohei, mm-hmm. she still likes him. There's something about the dude that she just can't put her finger on but she is interested in what he has to say they have a lot more in common to talk about then she brings up a very interesting point about Shohei being someone who is very interested in talking to someone in the moment and very excitable and then he has these times when he is like completely off and he's like today I'm just not talking to anyone at all mm-hmm. and he's just very like hot and cold in that way It's because Shohei is a Libra past Michelle. That's why Corey's still so into him. Get a clue. So what do you think about Rusako's advice to Corey about the Ruka of it all? Do you think it's important to have an equal give and take when it comes to like conversations and providing topics of conversation during dates and like who's the center of the conversation like should that be passed along continuously or should it always be on one person or the other or not I don't know or do you think that if you have too much if you have to think about it this much that it's a sign of deeper incompatibilities
2: I think that conversations should be very equal I feel like I don't know I feel like both people should be as equally engaged in the conversation, you know, like if someone mm, is always mm-hmm. the one asking questions and it's not really being reciprocated or you know, like think about when you're first trying to get to know someone, right, and like say you're asking you know them questions about you know their interests or their life or their friends, blah blah, blah, and they're not asking you the same ones back. It becomes a very like one-sided conversation, yeah, you know, and so I feel like I feel like if if they are you know at their dinner date or and Ruka is not able to really contribute to the conversation and Corey feels like she has to try really hard to keep the conversation going I think that shows the kind of deeper incompatibility like he may you know obviously just be nervous or whatever but I feel like at the end of the day like the conversations that are the best are the ones that are equal and they're just flowing naturally like you're just having a really nice fluid conversation asking each other questions getting to know each other having fun making jokes like if you right. have to really, like, prepare to make conversations go along, I think right if it starts out that way, it doesn't really get a lot better, in my opinion. Yeah,
1: I agree. I think, like, maybe the first time they hung out, like, it made sense. Yeah, But then I also understand what Risiko's saying, too, because, like, Ruka is very naive and he hasn't yeah. done this a lot. Yeah. So, like, it makes sense if, like, he... It's kind of like what Haruka says to Shohei about always like about com- topics of conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh, Haruka mentions this a little earlier, but it's that thing she says about how like she always, uh, all of her friends or all the people she kind of like continuously hangs out with are older than she is, like the Okinawan restaurant and her drag race people and the people who fix her car, they're mm-hmm. all a lot older. So she's naturally becomes as a young person in the center of an old older group's world she naturally becomes the center of attention so all the attention gets put on her so then basically everyone around her caters the conversation to things that she's interested in so basically she realizes that she's not that interested maybe in other people or like she never realized that she had to like make such an effort to like converse with people mm-hmm. because she just naturally thought that everyone was interested in what she was interested in yeah because those are the people that she's around yeah so i kind of think that it's very interesting like bookends to this conversation of like kori and haruka like uh, being able to talk to people and like you know because haruka is kind of the same way where she's realizing on her own like i've realized like you know i've never really when i have to when i'm put into a situation where i have to come up with a topic of conversation like i feel a little bit like I don't know what to talk about because I've never been put in a situation where I'm just like, I don't know what to bring up yeah. because I'm usually just always talking about myself. Mm-hmm. And so Shohei tells Haruka, maybe you just need to get interested in other people more, <laughs> which I think is like fair. <laughs> tough love. <laughs> I You know, it's tough yep. love. It's harsh, but it's true. Mm-hmm. Like, this is something I feel like I had to learn a lot too because like i i'm an only child and i hung out with my parents a lot and their friends so like a lot of the time when i'd go on spring break and stuff like i would spend a lot of time with older people and then usually the center of attention was my dad but then they would talk about like my future because when old people who are intelligent like what they want to do is like mold young minds to like Mm -hmm. join their group or whatever Mm -hmm. i don't know and so like they do kind of really cater to you like in the conversation they always include you they make it a point to always ask your opinion like I feel like adults always try to include you like if you're together on vacation or like especially with my parents they wanted me to learn how to have like adult societal relationships so they really kind of drilled that into me at a younger age I feel like I was more trained to learn how to be socially acceptable in adult situations At a young age, Mm -hmm. comparatively to hanging out with my friends, because I really wasn't allowed to go out, like, on the weekends. Like, I wasn't allowed to go party. I was grounded most of high school. I wasn't allowed to go out. I wasn't allowed to go sleep over at my friends' houses. My friends were allowed to come sleep over at my house, Mm -hmm. but I wasn't allowed to go sleep over at other people's houses. So, like, I feel like in those senses, too, like, this conditioning, it's not necessarily conditioning, but you have to, if you want to not be that way, you have to actively, consciously make an effort. To be like, did I ask her how her day was? Did I ask her what she did today? Mm-hmm. Like, wait, did I forget to ask her how her day was? Like, I, I know it's it sounds kind of bizarre for me to have to say that. But, like, I do have to sometimes remind myself, like, did I ask them that? Because sometimes I'll forget. Because when I'm really tired and I'm trying, to, especially, like, nowadays when you're trying to, like, take care of multiple people... Like, I feel like this is why a lot of married couples, like, they say that they lose their single friends when they get married off because it's harder for people to fulfill other relationships when, like, you can't focus so much on, like, well, am I asking about your day too? Am I doing this? Because it's hard to always put the, to always be consciously putting the other person first too. And, like, if the other person doesn't understand that, like, you have, a lot of responsibilities to multiple people, then they it might be harder for them to understand. They might take it a little bit more personally. Mm-hmm. Like they might not understand that oh, it's just this person is taking care of a child and their husband and their self and their job yeah. and their personal life and their emotional health and also trying to self care and have a good time and enjoy themselves and like you know maybe you know take a bath or <laughs> mm-hmm. watch a TV show or call their parents. And like there's no you know?
2: space to let exactly,
1: and then sometimes they just forget that they meant to text you back but they forgot to hit send Mm -hmm. like and it's not personal it's just like it just it's just the way that it is yeah exactly and I think that like it has to be like obviously like there's a difference between being highly sensitive and patterns of behavior so like I think you know more often than not it's usually a, a pattern of behavior that makes you think like I don't know if this person is just like someone I shouldn't associate with, mm-hmm. the difference is that they come to a point where they realize it and they try to change. Because Haruka, I think the, the big point that, that Shohei kind of reacted to from that conversation was that Haruka said she realized she needs to change. Yeah.
2: And will she? It'll be interesting to see if she actually does. Exactly.
1: Yeah. Because Shohei then goes, oh, you want to change? Like, oh, I didn't I didn't realize you want to change. And she goes, yeah, I think that if I continue to stay this way, it's going to be a disservice to myself and I'm not going to be a good person, mm-hmm. which I agree. And I think like I think that's kind of what Risako is also touching on here when she talks to Kaori. And basically she says like, you know, Corey, I know you're trying your hardest to have a good conversation. You're trying to make it a fun date, but like you're not allowing him to learn from his mistakes. He's here to learn. And if you're like catering to him and making him feel good all the time then he's not, he's gonna think that this is totally fine and this is how all dates are and he's not gonna put an effort ever yeah. because you're putting in all the effort mm-hmm. you're trying to make him feel comfortable but the thing is like he should equally be trying to make you feel comfortable and he should also be trying to ask about your interests and all the conversations shouldn't feel like work mm-hmm. and that's why she says like i don't know what i'm going to talk to him about because she also, like, didn't give him the opportunity to... Like, I don't know if she didn't give him the opportunity to because he has had so many opportunities to try to open up to her. Yeah. But, like, I think he needs to have a stark learning moment where, like, if she doesn't bring up a new topic of conversation and he doesn't bring one up, it's going to be silence. Yeah. And he needs to learn that way because I don't think he can learn a different way. But I think once he learns, he will change because that's been... His behavior thus far, like he's yeah. been very absorbing and adaptable.
0: Yep.
1: Yeah, I think I, I agree that I think that it should still be easy. Like, if after that, if they do make this mistake and like they have this like terrible date, and then he learns and then he changes, then I think mm-hmm. that will be good. Yeah. And I think that that's just not incompatibility. I think that that's just like he now realizes that
2: that was bad. He may not know what a bad date looks like. Yeah. You know, he may has never really experienced. You know, an awkward silence or an uncomfortable situation you know those kind of things that make a date bad or awkward once he experiences yeah. that he's like oh I don't want this to happen again <laughs> how do I mm-hmm, fix that but yeah. I think he hasn't really had that at least from my understanding to that extent that he really should know because like not every date is perfect that's just kind
1: of the reality because I, that's also the that also shows your age I think a little bit too in in not like not not in a way that it's like bad or good, but I think as as Ruka is only twenty, like until now he's only been in situations where like he's met people because of school or yeah. like you know like work or like they have things yeah. in common, like you know where they can they have topics to talk about. But when you're an adult, you have to find topics of conversation that are common to talk about. Like you're not all going to the same school and you're not all you don't all have the same job and you don't all work for the same company and like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that way it's not, you have to work a little harder to like make relationships and I think when you're older, you understand that. Yeah. So you try to find things to talk about that you might have in common and I think that's why Corey's is coming from this like, she is coming from this like big sister standpoint. Mm-hmm. She's not treating it like a date, I think yeah. is also the thing as well and I think that's kind of what Re- gets revealed here is like she's not treating him like a date because if it was a date she would just like be like sitting there yeah you know and yeah. being like well okay bye <laughs> so so regarding shohei which we've seen haven't sh- hasn't shown much interest in her since the initial episodes and since we found out he's not into her romantically speaking versus ruka who is openly and actively trying to get her know her better, get to know her better What do you think about when it comes to like, why do you think Karori is just like, I don't know, maybe do you think it's an age thing? Like, do you think that do you think there's something more that's underlying with why she's still so attracted to Shohei other than just that she's like interest? Like, I I just feel like. He's not giving her as much to, like, be so interested. Do you think that it could be off screen?
2: Honestly, I think she's still going off of the beginning. Like, I think she's still holding on to him in the very beginning. when he Because was- this is three months now. Yeah, but, like, to me, uh, he hasn't shown really en- any interest after. That it's hard no. to be, like, you know what I mean? Like, how would she justify, like, him still showing interest, if that makes sense? Because that was really the only time that he showed any i
1: don't think she said that oh, oh has she i don't i don't know if it is that like maybe it isn't necessarily that he's showing interest i don't know i just felt like i kind of identified with this like part of her that's like going after someone who like clearly isn't interested but yeah, like when someone chased. is actively pursuing you you're like no i don't want you <laughs> yeah
2: like it could be his maturity a bit too like he is more mature yeah. than ruka and like you know shohei is an easy person to talk to and I just she doesn't connect with Kenny so it's almost like you know the pick of the litter type of thing
1: (laughs) yeah I think that it could be that too it probably could be that and you know what when it is the pick of the litter and you're living together every day I think it's I think when you're kind of interested in someone and you have a crush on them and you live together every day you're either gonna really like them or you're gonna really hate them quickly and I think, like, with Kenny and Haruka, it's going the opposite way, but with Kawari towards Shohei, it's going towards the opposite way, where she's just like, it's making her like him even more, even though he's not, he's being very, like, standoffish. Yeah, Yeah, I feel like I've been through, I've been there.
2: So then I guess the last, like, main thing to discuss for this episode is Kenny and Risako, the kind of slow burn couple that we're starting to get. So, Shohei and Kenny are on the roof discussing Risiko, and Kenny shares that he does have feelings for her and wants to take her on a nice date. It's funny, Shohei did make a comment where he was like, oh, like, a few days ago you weren't feeling that. And Kenny's like, yeah, well, now I am. (laughs) Like, hmm, still a little wishy-washy. But his plans get derailed a bit because of a typhoon that is coming, so his plan originally was to take Risiko to the beach and, like, watch the sunset, kind of have, like, a nice romantic evening together in a different scene we see the amazing carpenter back doing work on the house and he kind mm-hmm. of asks if there's any couples in the house and uh Risco expresses that she wishes kenny would let her in more you know he's very independent and does a lot of things on his own and it kind of showed i think risico almost has like a very like motherly type of like i want to take care of him mm. type of attitude which makes sense like right after we saw, like, you know she's taking care of like ruka and stuff and he was sick like i think risco Mm -hmm. wants to feel like wanted and needed and that's kind of you know kind of what she wants from kenny she wants him to just kind of let her in more
1: it makes sense because she was saying like it it also kind of lines up with her love language because her love language is like she said that when she likes someone she likes to tell them about like she likes to ask for their advice and Mm -hmm. tell them about her day and like she wants like a deeper connection in that way so like it's almost like she wants that back from him because that will prove to her that he loves her and so but he's not communicating in the way that she needs him to
2: she's more likely to lean on him and to tell him things rather than the other way around and i I think that's really getting to be hard for her Mm -hmm. so then after bringing home a yellow watermelon she received as a gift to enjoy by the pool kenny plays a song for her and she shares her feelings Kenny in this moment held back in sharing which ah just really just drove me crazy cuz i yeah, thought this, this so was annoyed. such a great moment between the two of them like they were just chatting hanging out and she really really opened up that that she liked him and was very vulnerable he was you know playing a very romantic song and he just still was holding back on his feelings and that really just kind of disappointed him i i felt disappointed in him and i don't know i kind of feel like risiko may have been feeling that too at least if i was her later on then he asks to hang out in the playroom where he finally does share his feelings for risiko but he still says it a weird way like he did with shohei where he's like yeah you know just before i was curious about you and now i like you i i wasn't too big of a fan of that comment i kind of wished he had just said that he liked her instead of revealing that he had felt wishy-washy because i feel like towards her you know I, i just
1: I also think that that might have been like a little lost in translation, but but I agree. Like he, the way like I think it comes across a little less annoying yeah. in Japanese. Yeah, because what she's he said was like "kinninatere." <laughs> it means like ki is like energy or like interest, not interest, but like you're noticing, uh-huh. like you, not noticing, but like they're always on your mind. Like you always like it's kind of like when you. When you realize, like, you're not really thinking of anything, like, and your mind is blank, that person's on your mind. Like, that's yeah. kind of what it means. Like, uh-huh. and he was like, Kini wa natte ima wa suki. Like He's like, that was how I felt about you before. Like, you were always kind of, like, there in my mind at yeah. all times. And, like, I didn't really know what that meant. But, like, mm-hmm. now I realize that, like, I like you. Like, that's what it means. It's almost like what's noticing right in front of you. It's kind of, like, what it meant. Yeah. Gotcha. Like, it, it it, kind of sucks. Like, and that's it, it's complicated. It's not... A, and as I'm saying that, like, the way that I'm saying it makes it sound a lot more romantic than it actually is. Mm-hmm. Because it's not... I, I, I'm trying to make it, like... I'm trying to explain how a little bit more it's along the lines, a little bit more of that, but it's not okay. exactly there, which is why the translation was as it was. Yeah. If that makes sense. It was
2: kind of the best that they could kind of yeah. convey that in a simple way.
1: Exactly. It's like, it's not, it's always, yeah, because it's I, I appreciate this, this translator because they always err on the side of like being a little bit more realistic about mm-hmm. the situation. Like they're a little yeah. bit more cynical which I appreciate as someone who loves Yamachan and is a cynic and realist. So, yeah. So, it's it's a little less f boy than, like, he makes it sound because of, like... But within the context of it, he didn't need to say it that way. He could have just been like, I like you. Like, yeah. he didn't need to be like... You were... I was like, I had an interest in you before, but, like, now I know I like you. I think he just yeah. wanted to say that in his mind, I think he thought that saying it that way made it seem like he was interested in her for a really long time. Mm -hmm. And like, it wasn't just that he suddenly likes her now. Yeah.
2: And like, granted, like, Kenny is not great at expressing himself anyway. So he may just be struggling with this this whole time. Yeah. But after it finished, I was left feeling like, where's the kiss, bro? nothing nothing yet yeah. you're missing out these romantic moments um, but I guess I just kind of know what are your thoughts on Kenny and his feelings for Isiko do you think he's holding back too much on the show like I know obviously you don't really like him he's kind of <sighs> hmm. so annoying yeah it's kind of been a mess I think I
1: don't like him because I don't know him mm-hmm. like maybe it's because I don't like people not like I don't like people it's just like I don't like he's wishy-washy like yeah, he I is. just don't like, if you don't want to really actually show who you really are, then don't go on a reality show. Totally,
2: And he is holding back, and he's purposefully holding back.
1: Yeah, and that's why. He's on the show, but he's holding back because he doesn't want to look, like, uncool, yeah. whatever the hell his definition of cool is. Yeah. Like, I, he's not looking cool now. He no. looks very uncool to me. He looks yep. ridiculous. Okay. And I think, like, my problem is I don't like fake people. And yep. to me, Kenny Reed's fake. Like, yep. I just feel like... He is so curated like and he thinks that that's a compliment like it's so like it's when people tell you like you're really like you're really good at like crafting your image they're telling you you're fake like Mm -hmm. literally it's that's what they're saying like you are you're really good at projecting an image to the public that is nothing to do with who you are as a person Mm -hmm. is what they're saying every single person in the house has said it. Other than Risiko, which I think she's actually said something kind of along those lines before. Anyway, that he's like Usojan, like the like you know when they're saying how he came into the house, uh-huh. saying that he wanted to have an open, honest relationship because mm-hmm. he can't do that in this sp- like out like in in real life mm-hmm. when you are quote in the spotlight. Which I also think like I'm just I don't know if it's just me or like in the fact that I haven't been living in Japan, but it's like I don't understand. I've never heard of you before this show, so like. I don't know why you're, like, acting like... But like you're some big pop star. People will care who you date. Like, because, like, last season... Like, when they had Kyujutsu Kacho, Makoto, 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 no, was his name? No, Masaru, Masaru, who is, like, a a bassist for, like, three bands. Like, the band he was in was, like, a huge Japanese band that I knew about. And I don't even, like, listen to their band. Mm -hmm. I knew their name. Yeah. Because the lead singer in that band was, like, involved in this, like, huge, like, uh, affair scandal with this, like, very big, like, host personality named Becky, who is like, a Hapa girl who I grew up with who's actually Mm -hmm. around the same age as me and it was this whole like drama and then she got kind of like pushed out of um of Japanese entertainment for like two years she only Mm -hmm. apparently recently started doing shows again Mm -hmm. and then he what happened to him is that his bassist got on Terrace House and he got to be on Terrace House for like interesting the entire time whenever he had to go to like shows and stuff they would like film him Mm -hmm. and I was just like misogyny and and sexism like but I mean they both he if anything he did something worse because he was married but Mm -hmm. anyway beside the point I was but the point is like I didn't even know these people and I know this band's dude's name and I knew this like bassist band and I don't even know who Kenny's band is so like to me I'm just like I don't understand why you're going around like acting like
0: you're all cool you know
1: like before even like I understand if he was acting this way after Terrace House was done and he actually really invested in it and didn't act like this, like, image crazy, like, being just on the show to promote his band and wear band tees and, like, fake pretending to be in real relationships. Like, I don't – I mean, I think he likes her because I don't think – I think that, like – I think what he did with that with that date on the roof and stuff, like – I don't think you would put that much effort into someone you like. And, uh, and, to, and I wouldn't, I don't think you would put that much effort into someone unless you really like them. Yep. And I want to believe, and I don't think that Kenny is as terrible that he would be so concerned about his image that he even crafted that, like Joe from you. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think that, he's Joe, like, from you, I don't think he's that far gone, like, I think he genuinely wanted to make this, like, perfect date for Risiko, because he likes her, and he just, like, maybe he's just used to assertive girls, Mm -hmm. like, who come after him, and, like, he's not, like, and maybe he's just expected Risiko to, like, always be assertive, like, the whole time, and maybe he's just a passive person, but I don't know. It just, like, rubs me the wrong way. Yeah,
2: I agree. I agree with all
1: that. I don't know. I just feel like, I think that he, I do think that he really likes her, but I think he's more interested in the fact that, like, I think he likes her because she spends all her time with him.
2: Mm-hmm. I think he likes the companionship.
1: She literally doesn't have a an identity outside of him, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Like, like she does, but, like, she's friends with all of his friends. Mm-hmm. And, like, the way that Kaori was talking, it didn't seem like the boys really interact with Kaori and Haruka unless they're all hanging out, like, yeah. you know? Yeah. Like, they mm-hmm. mostly hang out with Risiko. So, it seems like, like, you know, K- Kenny doesn't even hang out, have to hang out with Risiko's friends. Mm-hmm. Like, Risiko always hangs out with Kenny's friends. Yeah. So, like, for a guy, like, that's, like, an ideal situation if, they, if, that's, if they're not trying to, like, if they're not the type of person... Who cares about other people? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, yeah.
2: No, I I know what you're saying.
1: I don't want to be harsh and like I I feel like the way that it's coming out is harsh. Because like she'll try
2: harder to hang out with his friends than like he would with hers. Yeah, I mean I don't know. I just don't think that
1: like I don't know. I feel like I feel like she is very. I hope that it doesn't come to a point where like she burns out her feelings and then he's just like trying to play catch up because he it took him too long. Mm-hmm. But then, again, I still think that Risiko deserves better because yeah. I think Risiko is awesome. So, like, I don't—I don't know. Like, I mean, there are parts of Risiko that, like, trouble me. But, like, I just—I think that, like, I don't know. I just— You can find a better guy. Yeah, I mean, it's—I think that's the problem. It's just, like, just—I don't think we really know Kenny mm-hmm. at all. We don't. Like, we I don't really know that. anything about his personality. Oh. Like, I just feel like— like about but like but who he truly is yeah. you know what i mean like yeah. not just like who he tells us he is yeah. like totally. i don't think he's have had any real big realizations mm-hmm. it's been three months like i don't know anything about his family structure mm-hmm. i don't know if he has siblings i don't know what his relationship like with his parents mm-hmm. are like does he even have parents like i don't i mm-hmm. really don't know anything about mm-hmm. him mm-hmm. Not at all. to be real and that's why i don't like him like this is a reality show like this and, and Terrace House is one that, like, you go deeply. Like, they don't even produce it. Like, you just live, you exist. Mm-hmm. And, like, even existing, he doesn't have, I don't know who he is. Yeah. He doesn't have a personality. He like. existing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, for 12 weeks, this has been 12 hours of, like, we don't, like, he has no character art. Yep. Like, his only identity is this, like, will they or won't they risico thing and, like, going on message boards and looking shit up. Like, how boring is it that you've been on the show for 12 weeks and your life is so boring and you have nothing, you have nothing of yourself to share that you're on online message boards mm-hmm. and you're bringing that on the show. Okay. Like, instead of going on online message boards, like, tell us something about mm-hmm. yourself.
2: Have real conversation i don't know yeah. like
1: tell us something something vulnerable like show us something don't just sing a song mm-hmm. like i just i i like that's the problem i think i think that's the core of what i have my problem with kenny is that i don't know anything about him it's been 12 weeks i'm like well if you're not going to share now I'll just leave mm-hmm. I just want him to graduate.
2: Yeah. Like, his space is, like, it's wasted. Bring someone else in who can add something to the house at this point.
1: Yeah, like, it, the only thing, he's not trying—he's not participating. Mm. Like, that's the problem. He's trying, he's coming onto the show to benefit from the boost of, like, all the eyes and all the popularity and all the attention without actually, like, participating in anything to do with the show, mm-hmm. which I think is fake. And I think that it's unfair. Yep. Said it. I'm gonna own it like I agree I don't I mean I think it's fair he may be a wonderful person I if I actually knew who he was then like maybe I would be a little bit more forgiving
2: with my opinion or like I don't know just like how I view him yeah but he hasn't shown that so like he uh I wouldn't even really give him the benefit of the doubt until he starts to show that honestly no
1: because like obviously, I don't like what I see, and unless you show me otherwise that you're a deeper person, like I'm not, not like I'm done, like I'm tired, person. yeah, yeah, and you know what, like I've said like this has been twelve hours, this is the third time I've watched part one, okay, mm-hmm. like I've spent uh thirty six hours with Kenny, yeah. like more like i'm I'm like i'm I'm literally like just. Every time I watch it back, I get more frustrated Mm -hmm. because I'm just like, I feel like, because the first time you watch something, you're watching for story. The second time you watch something, you watch it for like stuff you missed the first time. The third time you miss something, the third time you watch something, you start noticing like patterns and behaviors. And like, now I'm noticing behaviors that I'm just like, not okay with. And I'm like, I really would I, I just I must I would feel so frustrated living with someone like Kenny in a house if I was sharing like really personal things about myself and like putting myself out there I would feel so annoyed so I'm not I'm not surprised that Haruka's just like kind of over yeah, it.
2: I would never want to share anything with him if I was in the house like I would never feel no I'd be done closer comfortable enough to share anything.
1: Yeah I think I would just like see Kenny and I'd just be like cool like I think we would be cordial and like when we were all hanging out as a group like it would be totally normal like when you go to a party and there's like you know when you have a friend group and you're always like and any friend group there are people who are closer than other people especially in like if it's circumstantial like a work friend group Mm -hmm. or a school friend group not like a personal friend group I think those are a lot more specific and they're I feel like all of your close personal friends should feel like close personal friends equally but i feel like when you're in a group like or a class there's always like people that you're closer to than like everyone equally and i just feel like that's just what this is Mm -hmm. anyway here we are we made it through another episode end of part one Part one is done. We've learned nothing about Kenny <laughs> other than he cares about his image. There's been no kisses. No. None. Kisses.
2: Caitlin's sad. Caitlin Three
1: months of no making out. No kisses.
2: I like to see the kisses. There better be more kisses coming up.
1: So ridiculous. Oh, part two better be about the kissing. Woo. There's going to be at least one kiss in part two. I will let you okay.
2: know. Okay. It gives me something to look forward to. I think there might be two. Ooh. Minimum.
1: Bring on the kissing. We'll see. There's minimum one. Anyway, we are done. We are over. We are exhausted. (laughs) Thank you for staying with us and and hanging with our brains. Okay, Caitlin, where can the listeners find you on social media?
2: So you can find me on YouTube, Instagram, and Twitter at Big Screen Books. We talk about books, movies, comics, travel, any kind of entertainment, pop culture stuff yeah Woo. <laughs> and
1: you can find me on tediously underscore brief twitter instagram tiktok and then you can find my bookstagram at travelingbooknerds all one word and there's an s on the end of that that's where all my books and comics and things are you can also find terraced out on social media at terraced out on instagram twitter youtube possibly tiktok i don't know we'll see maybe if i get into it mm-hmm. <laughs> And then you can listen to us ev- everywhere, anywhere. Podcasts are available as stream. If you do not have terraced Out available, then let us know, and we will make that change. And last but not least, our Patreon is Woo! official. Woo! Woo! It came out this week. You can find us on Patreon at terraced Out. Uh, we will put a link in the description box and on our blog and in our socials on our Link Tree. But our lowest tier, I think, is. I want to say. There are lots of different really cool things available on the Patreon. We will read your reviews We will on, on the pod. We will do Google Hangouts. We have Netflix watch parties, and we have lots of different really cool things. Our first episode is up. It is our Read, Watch, Listen, so if you're looking for content to read, watch, and listen, you can listen to that. We will have exclusive content over there, also including Including things that will debut there first that won't come here you also will probably maybe have early access to the pod before everyone else and really cool things like that so if you are interested in that go ahead we would love to have you and love to chat with you over there so i think that's patreon.com slash out anyway thank you so much for listening and we hope y'all are being safe And kind to everyone and one another and washing your hands, social distancing, covering your mouth with a face cloth or cloth covering. And, yeah, that's it.
2: Yeah. Thank you, guys. Thanks for your support. We love you. Bye. We love you. Have a great day. Bye.
0: Hi, everyone. This is Jack again, just popping in to let you know where you can find us and listen to us on the interwebs. So like every podcast in the world, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, but you can also find us on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, CastBox, Podchaser, and so many others. Whatever your favorite favorite provider is you will be able to find Terraced Out podcast. If there's somewhere that we are not, please be sure to email us and let us know so we can submit and get us on there because we want to cover all of the spots. And you can find us at terroristout@gmail.com. at gmail.com. And while you are going down the list of all of these wonderful distribution platforms for Terraced Out, be sure to head on over to Apple Podcasts slash iTunes to rate, review, subscribe, let us know what you think of the show thus far. We absolutely would appreciate it and thank you so much for taking the time. And be sure to DM us your comments, questions, and opinions over on the Twitter and Instagram at Out.